Hey there, welcome back to the Therefore I Geek podcast. The one and only podcast, baby. Episode nobody gives a fuck. And sitting across the internet from me is my good buddy, Joseph DePaul, a.k.a. Oh. The Dude. Oh my god. That was so, you, you've been dying to do that since we had dinner at <laughs> You pitched that to me. That's right. The children are running the podcast today because Andrew is being a big boy doing big boy stuff, and we actually don't know what episode we're on, so Andrew's going to edit this episode. He's going to say it right here. Great. Okay. I'm glad he did that for us. So tonight, we are going to be talking about Jurassic World and some news such as the state of comedy, Terminator 6, the return of Linda Hamilton set pictures, ABC starts on its own Roseanne spinoff. We knew that was coming. We have an exit, this time from Marvel, and then we're going to talk Jurassic World because we're children. And we love dinosaurs. Everybody loves dinosaurs. Everyone. It was funny. I read Kurt Loder's review of Jurassic World. And at the very end of it, he's like, I didn't grow up with dinosaurs. So are they really that popular and really that cool? I really don't understand. And at the bottom of it, he's like, I just checked it made $1.6 billion. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm going to shut up. Oh, yeah, there, here, I just found it. Hold on. What does it say at the very bottom? I got I to gotta read this last paragraph. Oh, may I offer a personal observation? My own child childhood was not rich in dinosaur consciousness. Well, that's because you had a terrible childhood, Kurt. I'm sorry. I never had any dinosaur books or dinosaur toys. Who? Wait, did you live in a cave, Kurt? Dude. Or any other dinosaur merch that I that I know attends to the dinosaur phenomenon? I think it's sweet that Steven Spielberg, an executive producer now, note the big glimpse of the shooting star in one scene. I actually did catch that. Still feels a connection to this stuff. May he rock on with it for many years to come. But I have to say, I find these movies, ones that follow the original Jurassic Park, anyway, blindingly repetitious and tr- tremendously boring. Can I be alone in this? Let me check something. Oh, the last Jurassic Pro World movie made more than 1.6 billion worldwide. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Let me tell you yeah. Yo, I grew up with so many dinosaurs. It's I still have dinosaur books like in my shelf right now, like adult dinosaur books because I'm yeah, adult. Di- di- dinosaur like art books and stuff like oh, that yeah. with coloring books. Let like why not? I still have the children's dinosaur books next to my adult dinosaur books, and you know what I do with both? Look at the pictures. <laughs> Dinotopia. Dude, Dinotopia is great. I, when I discovered Dinotopia, I was too young to really grasp reading because I was an idiot. Right. But dude, I loved looking at those art books. Those well, were crazy. You know, I Although, James Gurney at uh, New York Comic Con in 2009, he's super yeah. talented. He's a cool guy. His blog is ridiculous. If you want to be an artist, check out his blog. Oh, hell. He is legit. He is so legit. Did the background art for uh, Frank Facetta's uh, and uh, Ralph Bocci's Fire and Ice. Oh, damn. Yeah, he's he was legit cool. But yeah, Dinotopia was great. And I remember it's funny. People who are not familiar with it used to like w- this one moment on the internet where people were like, oh my God, creationists think this is what the past looked like. This is some creationist art. I'm like, dude, it's Dinotopia. Calm down. <laughs> it's fake. We all know it's fake. That's what people are. You know, oh my God. When I was a kid, I actually went through something similar to that. You just like unlock the memory. Oh no! Um, I I remember like talking to people at church. Like, have you guys ever heard of Dinotopia? Like, that's not real. That didn't happen. Like, I I, I that was we- oh my god, that's weird. Like, pe- oh, so it was the other way around. It was all like that's it's not it's the devil's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's just dive right into this. I want to talk about summer box office. So this is coming from the L.A. Times, Dateline, June twenty two. In years past, the summertime box office could always be counted on to deliver at least one mainstream comedy smash that would break out of the pack of superhero films, action spectacles, and rampaging giant monster picks. I would say we don't get enough rampaging giant monster picks. Not at all. Not a nearly enough. All right, think the Hangover, which pulled in $277 million domestically in 2009, or Ted, which grossed $219 million in 2012, or more recently, last year's Girls Trip, which took in $115 million. Alas, this past weekend's tag didn't see it, did you? No. Because it looks stupid. It was, it was one of the com- uh, comedy genres' brighter hopes for this particular summer. It was not. Despite boasting an ensemble cast of actors including Ed Helms, John Hamm, Hadwell Burris, Jake Johnson, Elsa Fisher, and Jeremy Renner, the hokey premise that seemed tailor-made for fans to, of past comedy hits like Wedding Crashers, grown men playing decades-long game of tag, the film took in a hundred, oh, excuse me, 14.9 million in its debut, less than a tenth of the haul of the weekend's other major uh, major arrival, Pixar's Incredibles 2. Uh, scrolling down the article, aside from Girls Trip, the summer of 2007 proved a venerable bloodbath for major star-studded studio comedies like Baywatch, that was terrible, The House, 
I don't even remember that one. Snatched, that was awful. And Rough Night. The sheer volume of flops left many to work who work in comedy wondering when or if the genre can get its mojo back. Now that said, uh, scrolling down this article, he does have a few things, you know, not all all is gloomy for the comedy genre. I'm trying to find at the bottom somewhere in this article, he comes to talk about how, you know, movies such as Lady Bird did very well. Um, a few other ones did okay. Uh, but I start, look, I very, oh yeah, Blockers. Here's a few ones. A uh, few good ones. Granted, it hasn't been all doom and gloom lately for the old school big stream comedy. This year has seen a pair of solid R-rated performers um, uh, bo- uh, buoyed by positive reviews. February's dark comedy thriller Game Night, which earned 117 million worldwide. April's raunchy teen comedy Blockers, which took in nearly 93 million globally, and May the May release of Book Club, which amassed a respectable 62 million domestically by appealing to an older demographic. And then you can also kind of throw in Deadpool. I would throw mm-hmm. in. Some some other comedies like that so i think the ty- the the headline is a little bit wacky because comedies generally have a really big return on investment because they don't really cost that much to make and yes tag did not do very well but i have a feeling that probably later down the road we'll probably something will surprise us what do you mean by that? Like, that, like they're gonna, gonna make a, their money back, or were they? Go- no, no, I think there's gonna be a comedy that's gonna be a big hit. I mean, just think, like, you know, Jumanji. They mentioned they mentioned Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, at the beginning of the year, which made a boatload of cash. Right. You know, it's not a classical comedy. Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok are both mentioned here as big hits. We just talked about Deadpool. They're both comedies. <laughs> Comedies ish, right? They're kind of blending comedy. Uh, I just think it's really hard to justify spending anywhere from eight to fifteen dollars, depending on where you live to go to a comedy but that said you don't even need a lot of people now to kind of turn a profit on these movies because much like horror movies not as they don't have as a big profit margin as horror movies they're still easy to make money off yeah i've always considered them the safe bet like oh we yeah we need we need to make a little bit of money we need to keep our company afloat let's make a let's make a cheap comedy right or what bloomhouse has been doing is just make cheap horror yeah Uh, people still turn out for that they're still kind of i guess now we're in the age of event films and if it just doesn't tag just looks stupid that's the thing that's the thing is like it's hard for me to base an argument just on tag because that looked dumb i don't think anyone wanted to see that you know uh, my girlfriend loves seeing just like trashy movies in general she loves going with her sister and she was like oh i'm gonna go watch tag she still hasn't seen it right and i don't think she's going to no Yeah, I think this is a little bit over the top. I mean, we've talked about this all the time on the show about how, you know, you got to get your budget under control if you want to make money. Right. Especially with people only seeing maybe five to ten movies a year. That's you, not a lot, man. It's not a lot the way we used to. I mean, look, we used to go see, I mean, America used to go see movies a weekly, and we don't. Like, I still do, but, you know, most people don't anymore. No, no, no. I mean, I go once every two, three months. I mean, honestly, uh, I think the most I go is with you or so, uh, with my girlfriend. Along. Yeah, I drag you along with me. It's like, hey, we're going to go see this movie because I I'm still like, I still have that mentality as the, as a '90s kid. Of, that's what we do. We go see movies. But I think people in your age group don't. I don't think have that mentality. No, no, not at all. No, see, but for that. me, my movie going experience is always uh, oh, big comic book movies coming out. Let's go right. hang out uh, midnight. We watch the midnight show and go to school all groggy. You know what I mean? That's what sure. we did. Yeah. See, that wasn't us. We didn't have. See, we I came of age in the era before big comic book movies when comic book movies were considered fucking poison. Right? <laughs> I was in high school when the first uh, X-Men movie came out and it was like, whoa, this can be done. Yeah. And then actually, I was, I was... In college when it was like, oh, now it's a thing. Now we can't get away from it. Oh, dude, like, I still remember the first X-Men. I was there waiting in line. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man as well. My father was so excited to go see Spider-Man. He goes, no, we're going midnight. We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. You're not going to school the next day. I was like, sweet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of franchises, from the from the 80s now who are just we can't get away from terminator 6 we, we from the daily mail we get set photos of linda hamilton's return as sarah connor in the new terminator reboot oh set for november 2019 hamilton has not played this role since terminator 2 judgment day although she had like a voiceover in one of them i don't know if it was salvation or i don't remember terminator which 3, but she is the 61 year old actress looks ready to take down some armed cyborgs they're not cyborgs they're they're <laughs> and androids. Androids. We're throwing with you, Daily Mail. As she wore a bulletproof vest while holding a futuristic-looking shotgun. That doesn't look futuristic. It looks sawed off, but not futuristic. She just looks old. The movie redo, which is set to release 
released in 2019. Also stars Terminator vet Arnold Schwarzenegger, as well as newcomer Mackenzie Davis, who's pictured on the set in Spain. Um, let me tell you something. Uh, looking at the photos, okay, cool. Like, interesting, we got another Terminator. This is the sixth one in the franchise. Uh, we're bringing Linda Hamilton back. We're still sticking with the Sarah Connor stuff, right? It's always Sarah Connor, because we can't make the John Connor thing work, like, ever. Like, it, right. it didn't work in Terminator Salvation. It sure as hell didn't work in Terminator Genesis. That one was just weird. Oh, God. I mean... I hated that movie. That movie was terrible. So, what are we doing? What are we doing? I just... Can we let... What's, what's the old saying? Let dead dogs lie? Is that is that the phrase? Oh, I do. I don't know. I, I, I don't know I don't old know. phrases. I just say let it go. <laughs> Here's my it. problem. I, I love Terminator 1 and 2. I hate 3, 4, 5. I don't remember. I don't remember the other ones, but I I was so mad at the third one because they're like, oh, Sarah Connor dies off screen from like cancer or something like that. I'm like, why? <laughs> why that? Like of all things. She was clearly the most interesting part of the series, That's which true. is probably why they're bringing her back. Right. So 30 freaking 25 years after the fact. Do you think do you think she accepted the gig because she needs the money or that she generally has like a care for the for the character? I don't know if they, she needs the money, <laughs> but I bet you they threw enough at her. <laughs> <laughs> there's an old say there's an old story that um Robert Vaughn the actor tells about the script from Bullet the Steve McQueen movie and he's like when I read the script it made no sense and then I would keep rereading the script because they keep asking me to reread the script and it made more sense and it turned out the script made more sense the more money they offered me to do the movie <laughs> and that's what I think happened here I mean look of course I'm going to see this right away when it comes out right the Terminator Terminator is so much fun um and I'll say this this Terminator film is directed by Deadpool Tim Miller, so so there's some hope there, but I just don't know what what more can we do with this franchise. I think I'll say this: Terminator Three should Terminator Two should have been the end of the franchise. Yeah, I didn't hate Terminator Three as much as you might have because I I like that dark ending where the world is nuked. And I, oh, yeah. I kind of wanted Salvation to be good because the trailer was cool, but it was dumb and not what I expected. I kind of would like a John Carner saga, but we're not ever going to get it because it can't. I don't think it works. Did you, did you ever read uh, RoboCop? Ver- this is a comic book, RoboCop versus uh, the Terminator. Oh, yeah. That's back in the 90s. Did you ever read that? When, in the I, 90s. Yeah, I... That was terrible. terrible. <laughs> they should they should make that into a movie but with like the the modern the modern right. RoboCop where it's just like RoboCop, it, which was yeah. I see. Here's the thing: is they keep trying to restart the franchise because you'd think Terminator Salvation would have been the thing, right? You got Christian Bale, you got a big star as John Connor. That should have yeah. worked. Didn't work. Then we're gonna try this again with. With Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark didn't work. Now we're going back to the well with 61-year-old Linda Hamilton to do it again? And I don't even know what a redo means. Does that mean Salvation and Terminator 3 and I guess I guess Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis didn't happen? You know what? Kind of okay with that. <laughs> now, that I, now I say it out loud, I might be okay with this. Well, I mean, honestly, going back to what we were talking about like a minute ago, but like about like uh, the safe bet. I think going back to uh, the original actress, I think that's kind of a safe bet because uh, we know people are going to go, I remember that movie. Eh, let's right. go watch one. I, I knew you were going there. It's a nostalgia factor. Yeah, I think my dad might go watch this one. Like right. he hated – he didn't watch any of the other ones, but he loved the original too. Right. So because they were just badass films. They're just amazing. Badass movies. I don't, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'll see this too. All right. ABC officially picks up the Connors. A Roseanne bar free spinoff of Roseanne. So this is due to Roseanne's bizarre and pretty much racist tweet about Valerie Jarrett, Obama's White House, something or another. And comparing her, saying as if something and Planet of the Apes had a kid, they get Valerie Jarrett, which is crazy because Valerie Jarrett looks more like a bird than anything <laughs> else. It's if he shit said bird, she still have a TV show. She's at ostrich. She have a TV show. You just ruined all of our jobs. We're never going to get work again. We're never going to work again. But. But this is interesting because ABC is moving forward with a Roseanne Free Connors show with the entire cast, as it seems, the entire cast of Roseanne, just without Roseanne. And I am more curious. I, I never watched the show, but I can remember TV shows like Frasier, TV shows like Seinfeld, or before before our time, like All in the Family, where they just have this, or 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 Married with Children, where they would have this lead who anchored the show, and there was no way to make the show work without the lead, right? When the show, when the when the lead left, show was done. This is really uncharted territory of 
starting a show or doing a show without the lead after you fire them very publicly yeah. in, a, in a big middle finger. I am so curious to see if this works. That's really the only thing I'm interested in is to see if this works. I don't know, man. I, so you never watched Roseanne, right? You never yeah, seen an episode? I was never. Like, I, we would, I, my girlfriend puts it on in the background, but I never really watched it. I was more of a Mary with Children guy. It's not that bad of a show. It's honestly worth watching. Give a couple of like, I mean, of course, because it's mo- the, the, the modern se- season. It's supposed to be modern taking place right now. So they're, they're just tackling modern issues and handling it, handling it in an interesting way. I really wish I can give more detail on that because I wish I paid attention more because I didn't think it was going to be a, a thing of conversation. I didn't think I was actually going to be talking about the Roseanne TV show. No, neither, so, it was, but it's definitely a thing. I mean, the article uh, says, you know, several other series over the years have continued in spinoffs after the departure of one of its major original stars, like All in the Family with Archie Bunker's place. But no one remembers that. Right. You remember All in the Family. The Golden Girls with the Golden Power. No one remembers that. MASH with After MASH. No one remembers that. Uh, the Closer with Major Crimes. No one remembers that. And with um, The Practice with Boston Legal. No one remembers that. I mean, like, it just... Uh, all those primary shows, All in the Family, Golden Girls, MASH, The Closer, The Practice, those were, like, big-name shows. Boston Legal's probably the only other one that kind of had some success that of this group. So I'm just really curious to see if this works. I think, I think you're saying you're curious... I think that's going to be a lot of people's view on it too, and that's what's going to get a lot of views. Maybe, and that's going to be misleading to the company, to the uh, the yeah, the companies making the shows. They're going to go, all right, well then it's just, it's just a profitable, good show. We should just keep doing whatever it is we're doing. So I don't know. I'm if you have fifty 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 on it. I mean, 50, 50 on, I mean, I'm probably still not going to watch it, but it's only, they only order ten episodes. We will see. I will be I, very I, surprised if it goes beyond two seasons. To be totally I'd, honest, I'd give ten episodes a shot. Sure. I'd give ten. That's not bad. I think that, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's go over to co- co-head of Marvel Television. Jim Chory leaves company. Much like Kevin Feige and Louis D'Esposito are considered architects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One of these days we do have to sit down and talk about the achievement the MCU is. It's really remi- remarkable. Uh, Jim Chory and Jeb, Jeff Loeb, J-E-P-H, Jeff? Jeff Loeb? Jeff? Helped develop the, a Marvel, a variety of Marvel television series who are cited as integral components to the domination of superhero televisions across multiple platforms. De- uh, Deadline reports that Chori has decided to part ways with the company. The outlet reports that Chori left the company weeks ago and that it was his decision to leave. That it's I don't believe that. It's never his decision. It's just never. It's, <laughs> ne- it's never that. I'm sure they say that all the time. It's never. I don't believe that. But okay. Look at this Look at this beautiful thing you created. All these millions and millions of dollars you've made. <laughs> Goodbye. No, yeah, I'm sorry. He's going to walk he's, away, yeah. not leaving that. So, Chori oversaw the physical production of all Marvel television series. With no new series being greenlit, some theories suggest that it was the opening Chori was looking for to part ways with Marvel. But why, though? But why? Because they forced them out. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Marvel has, has been featured on television in a variety of formats for decades, with its current wave of MCU series kicking off in 2013 with Marvel, Marvel's Avenger, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. I watch a little bit of this. I find it unwatchable. It's awful because mostly because I hate Agent Coulson. I, hate, <laughs> I, I just hate him. Like when he died in Avengers, I cheered. It's one of the things that made Avengers like one of my favorite MCU films. And then they brought him back. I was like, why? Why? But then again, in 2015, Marvel's Daredevil re, uh, debooted. Uh, booted? What, what is debooted? All right. I guess anything rebooted. That's a typo. Uh, rebooted on Netflix, offering audiences a darker exploration of the MCU, which I saw little snippets of Daredevil, particularly stuff with the Punisher. Thought it was kind of cool. Netflix also delivered series based on Luke Cage. Didn't like that one. Jessica Jones and Iron Fist didn't watch them. Before all the other, before all the heroes officially came together in Marvel's The Defenders, because we got to put everyone together. So I, while DC's movies don't do well, DC seems to do okay on television. And I don't know how well Marvel is doing on TV because I don't watch any of. Do you watch any of it? No, dude, I don't watch any of this stuff. Which, which is funny because I love comic books, mm-hmm. but I don't spend any of my time with this stuff. No, I don't either. But see, I think this is not this is a guy who oversaw physical production. So I don't know how much he had control over the like content as a content creator is kind of a creative, creative guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this will have a huge effect on Marvel going forward. It looks like season two of Luke Cage debuted two days ago and Marvel's Cloak and Dagger airs Thursday nights uh, at 8 p.m. on Freeform. I don't even know what the hell Freeform is. 
Never heard of it. No. Nope. I don't know. So this, to me, doesn't strike me as a, as big a story as Jeff Johns or Nielsen leaving from DC. Mm. This is just, this could, yeah, maybe they just asked him to leave. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But I don't see this as a big, big deal. <sighs> I I wish I was more informed, honestly. <laughs> I, yeah, w- I, just, I wish I wish this had more effect on me, so I can give a better opinion. Because my opinion is, uh, oh well. Oh well, because it, it's not like shows are getting canceled. It's not no. like projects are getting shut down because of this. So if anything, they're probably just going to be making more. Clearly, they're making more Marvel shows. Cloak and Dagger came out, right? Yeah. So I mean, have you watched that? Do you even no. know who Cloak and Dagger I'm is? Not even a little bit. I don't even. Not even a little bit. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh well. So what about Hawk? Uh, what about Hawk and Dove? Can we make a Hawk and Dove show? Oh my God! Now like, you're just, now you're just getting weird. You freaking weirdo. Come to yeah. the door. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's just get to the big thing we all want to talk about right now, and that oh, is uh, Jurassic World. Dinos, baby. Dinosaurs. I said this when the first Jurassic World came out. I will enjoy it so long is there is a lot of people eating and I will enjoy this movie if there's a lot of people eating. I will say, not enough people eating. Not enough, man. Not enough people eating. I'll say, it started off, I'll say this much. It started off interesting enough. It started off well enough and then there's a moment where the movie just gets straight corny and it stays like that. Mm-hmm. And I will, I fully admitted the first Jurassic World, not good, but still kind of fun. This one, not good and just only kind of fun. I, I So, um, I would say the first Jurassic World was actually really enjoyable. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like, I liked it. I, I want to go watch it again after watching this one because I had fun in the first one. I laughed. Or, or excuse me, Jurassic World. I had I laughed in that one. I had a good time. So, but coming out of this, I was just like, whatever. I, I'm not, I'm not going to so, watch this in theaters. It's so silly. It's just silly. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's written... I, by uh, Colin Trevorrow, who directed the first one along with Derek Connolly, and it's directed by uh, J.A. Bayona. Bayona, I think, is the way you say this guy's name, who's known for The Orphanage 10 years ago, but more recently, um, A Monster Calls, which is like about this kid and his imaginary monster friend, voiced by, I think it's. Uh, I think Liam Neeson? Liam, voiced by Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I know, I'm familiar with that film. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what I best know him for. You know, the, the, the original two come back. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, who I think is great. We get a couple other characters. Of course, we have to have a kid in a goddamn Jurassic Park movie. You always have to have a kid. And, like, I understand, yes, it's formulaic. Can we drop the kid stuff? I I think we can drop the kid stuff. And we bring back Jeff Goldblum, who does all all of two scenes, which look like they were all done on the same day of shooting. They were were filmed right after another. Oh, my God. I bet you they were filmed right at the same time, and they just (laughs) edited them apart. Because it's just him. He doesn't even interact with the other actors. It's no, just, just him at the Senate hearing. It's a monologue. It's a monologue. He didn't even change his clothes. It's not like they, they didn't even try and fake it. Like, he came back after the events of the film to give his testimony. It was like, now nah, he's just going to do the same line. He probably got $5 million to do that scene. God. It's got to be great to be that rich. <laughs> yeah, so basically the premise of the film is that there's a volcano on the original Jurassic Park island, Isla Nublar, which we have not been to the Lost World since third film and it's about to the, the volcano is about to go off they have to rescue some of the species off the island they do and then it turns out that there's this other john hammond character who we've never heard of before named benjamin lockwood played by james cromwell who was partners with john hammond before the first movie weird that he was never mentioned in the previous five <laughs> And he's got this guy named Eli Mills, played by Rafi Spall, British actor who is overseeing the estate. And Evil, Evil Mr. Mills is now auctioning off the dinosaurs, as well as a new, our new baddie dinosaur, our new icky genetically altered dinosaur, the Indoraptor. So the Indominus Rex, too big. We're going to go to Indoraptor. And it's basically a super we- I still don't know how this thing would work in warfare. They keep acting like... Oh, yeah, this would totally be a weapon to totally work. You know, it's an animal, right? We can shoot those things. <laughs> they bleed. They die. They, they shoot. Yeah. So, and of course, the dinosaurs get out. All hell ensues. And we, our heroes have to escape. It's corny. 
right? I, it's so corny. It's but there is a moment that something – before we watched the movie, you told me that um, there's a moment where they, they just jump the shark and they get into a Sharknado bad territory. Right. That was some of the that – was, that was the word on the street was that this movie drops into Sharknado territory. I think it falls a little short of Sharknado. Yeah, I don't think it was quite there. But had we seen the stuff that you were looking forward to, we would have been in full Sharknado. Right. That's what I was hoping for. So if anyone isn't familiar with, a few years back when uh, – when the first Jurassic World was coming out, at Comic-Con they did a talk and they were saying this is kind of where we're heading in the universe where they were showing uh, human-dinosaur hybrids meant for war and there was like a giant uh, triceratops with a freaking Gatling gun for an arm. And I honestly, when they were talking about like we've genetically modified the, the, the dinosaurs and bred them with human DNA, they listened to humans. And it shows the dinosaur. I was really disappointed because <laughs> I really wanted to see that. I was like, oh. Disappointed they didn't just go full Sharknado. Is what they should have gone just full Sharknado, dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. These movies aren't good. They're making money, but right. they're not good. No, they're not. I don't. I don't see. What's weird is I don't know what I want from a Jurassic Park movie anymore. Like that's the thing is I don't know what they're doing. So at this stage in the game, why the hell not have Gatling, like a T-Rex with a Gatling? Why not just go full Dino Riders at this point? Like, <laughs> why not? Like, the, the dinosaurs still look freaking good, so... Minus I, the feathers. Yeah, without the feathers. Yeah, I mean, like, that Look, that was what we thought dinosaurs looked like in the 90s, and they're sticking to it. But, like, it's just still kind of weird. They just kind of... It's kind of everything weird about Jurassic World and Jurassic Park turned up to 11. Like, do you notice how, even though the island is catching fire and there's lava everywhere, where the carnivores still want to eat people. Like, you know, it's a, like, like they still want to eat people. Like, there are a ton of other herbivores. They're all running together. They're all carnivore and herbivore running away from the lava together. But the second the dinosaur sees a person, it wants to eat them. <laughs> Even molten lava won't stop them. Like they're the they ultimate. Just, that's that's what it is, dude. They're the ultimate weapon. Even right. in even in lava, they want to eat people. Like I'll say this: the movie starts out pretty cool with the T Rex attacking the guy and the and the Moses. What's this? The Mosasaur, you know, biting the helicopter guy. Like that stuff was pretty cool. For me, the movie took this big, weird, corny turn about a quarter of the way in. Once they find Blue and they sh- and the guy accidentally shoots him, and the the kind of spunky Latina character played by a, a woman I've never seen before, Daniela Pindea, uh, Pineda, Pineda, I think it's Pineda, uh, was basically Zia Rodriguez, like, has the gun on all these hunters, and she's like, you know, this animal's bleeding out, you you need me, and they're like, okay, lower, we'll lower our weapons, you can save it, and I'm sitting there going, why are you holding a gun? Like, what, if you, they need you so badly and you want to save the dinosaur, like, just start saving the dinosaur, and that's how you justify living, right? Like, that's, just, it seemed like the movie only worked if everybody was stupid. Well, in that scene, uh, whoever the main hunter was, if you notice, he just, he was like distinctly holding the gun, like, I don't really care. Like, right. you're you're going to help that dino. It doesn't really matter. Right. So, <laughs> and I think that was their justification because they realized it was stupid too. I but, still don't know why they, they do stuff like that. And then it just kind of gets really corny. So after all the lava stuff happens, you got this one scene where the boat is pulling away from the island and you've got like one Brachiosaurus and it go you go through this like lengthy death scene. Remember that? It's getting like overcome by the by the oh. ash. Yeah, they actually, that made me a little sad, but I, I, I hit this weird emotion. I'm like, oh, I'm sad. Wait, why am I sad? This movie sucks. <laughs> it's corny, too, because it's like, wait, I think I saw this shit in Land Before Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's, and it's like the dinosaur's like, wait for me. I actually want to go on the boat. We should, <laughs> just be, we should just be reviewing a good movie like Land Before Time, 1 through 27. Oh, God. And then yeah. it gets, and then, of course, so we go to Lockwood's estate, which is now run by Mr. Mills, and they're sell, they're auctioning off dinosaurs now because that's not illegal and no one's going to catch on to this. Like, how are you keeping this a secret? That right. Doesn't... Where where are those dinosaurs going and how, like, what is it? Okay, what are we going to do? So, so these dinosaurs are now being used by these people, or they're going to be. Right. They're going to get out still like people know like like those stories are gonna get out like yo i was attacked by a dinosaur it's like bitch you weren't attacked by a dinosaur like yeah attacked by like, dino do you like see my car dinosaur. It's like where where did that dinosaur come from like how did you get that <laughs> illegal like, someone's going to arrest you and be like where did that dinosaur like for real like, <laughs> 
Like, the guy's like, oh, we're gonna make all this money, and it's like, oh, look, as we're making a couple hundred millions. Like, isn't your company worth, like, several billion? This is, like, 2%, or maybe 0.2%. Like, what? That's not a lot. This is not a lot. <laughs> they do reference that as well in the film. They do? Where did they say that? I don't remember that. Yeah, it's the very short gentleman uh, references that. Is, uh, oh, the, yeah, your hundred thousands. Your, yeah, your hundred thousand million. million. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Your four million is a slow Tuesday. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm on board. I'm on board. I got this. Yeah, okay, cool. And then they bring out the Indoraptor to sell it. And, and it's kind of like, why? Why? I don't. If you could just move the dinosaurs, just go to the other island. Like, do you have another island? Just go to that. Just take <laughs> it to that one. Why do all of this? Just sell them from that one. It's still there. That's original canon. Like, Michael Crichton wrote. It just. That's the thing that kills me is like, these characters had. Even the dinosaur, like, the Indoraptor raptor the bad guy you see these like moments where the raptor's like really really smart the way it lures the the hunter into the cage and then after that it's like this awkward gazorky thing that's constantly falling down it, yeah it becomes human after that it becomes like it's like it, yeah, yeah 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 i didn't like that i don't I don't buy that. I buy that less than I buy Chris Pratt turning into a Kung Fu master and beating up mercenaries. Straight up. That was the stupidest thing. I told you about that before we walked in. I asked yep. if you saw that in the trailer I where he's just taking out dudes. I don't believe that. No, in a like, heartbeat. He's like running through guys. He is straight starching motherfuckers. And you're like, <laughs> how is he doing that? Wait, wait, not just motherfuckers. Trained mercenaries. Right. Like ex-KGB, ex-Russian military, bl Blackwater guys. It's like, how you used, I get you, used to be in the Navy, but you worked with dolphins. <laughs> like, you ain't bad. <laughs> like, I get you got big lats and shit, but you ain't as big as the first movie. But like, come on. And that was the other thing. The bad guys, they get captured. And, you know, this whole scene where Chris Pratt's like, I'm going to break Mills' arm. And I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty badass. And the guy's like, got a gun. I'm like, they should just shoot you. Like, Mills even says, like, oh, for, as far as anyone knows, you guys died on the island. I was like, yeah, so you're going to shoot bang, him, right? Bang, bang, end of the movie. End of the movie. You're going to shoot him, right? Like, I don't know why they make, they, they movie does things that makes it look stupid. Since we got a lot of the complaining out of the way, I do want to ask you this. When the little girl appears, because you brought her up, why? Why is she in this movie? Why? Right. why it, right. Right. I, I'm going to go back to what you were saying earlier. But when they jumped a the shark, that little girl mm -hmm. straight up being a clone. Right. That's the big twist is that Lockwood wanted to clone people. And John Hammond was like, bro, that's too far. Just, just make dinosaurs. <laughs> that sounds even stupider out loud. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it does. Like, what? Oh, why? Dog, just straight dinos, man. We ain't gonna make people. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> cloning people, that's unethical. Bringing back the greatest predators evolution had ever seen, that... I'm a, dude, we can make a park out of that. Of course it's okay. <laughs> no one's going to want to see a park of cloned people. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, now that I say Lockwood's just a crazy person. But he's like, he wanted to clone his daughter. And then, you know what's crazy? They don't do anything with it. No, it's 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 they left just, right there. They just throw out that, like, there's a whole scene where Mills is like, you don't understand what she is. Lockwood never had a granddaughter. That's his daughter. Dun, dun, dun. And, and like, then those guys get killed. <laughs> they, like, die right away. And Mills, run, like, runs away. You don't see him for the rest of the movie. And the only reason why it seems important to mention that the uh, Maisie, the Lockwood's granddaughter, daughter clone, is it's important is that it justifies her letting the dinosaurs out from preventing them from being suffocated at the end of the film. Like, that's the only reason why, right? That's the only, that's the, she lets them out and you're like, somebody slap her. <laughs> She's caused, she's caused the deaths of thousands of lives. Stop she, her, like, please. Like it's like you know she's like she pushes the button. She's like, but they're like me, and I want to be in the trilogy. <laughs> I need another movie. Finally. I need to solidify my future. <laughs> so I actually might want to see this movie again. Did you know it? something weird? I, I don't. This might be nothing, but that whole sequence where they're in that control room towards the end of the film after they've gotten rid of the the Indoraptor and they're like determining how to like. Get Get the dinosaurs out of there. Did you notice there was like somebody in the background, like folding their arms? They were very like out of focus. Yeah, that was uh the the nerd kid. Was that the nerd kid? Yeah, that was a nerd guy. I thought he was out of the blocking must be terrible because I thought he was somebody somewhere else. No, that that should have been him because I saw the guy too, and I thought like, whoa, who's that? Oh, they're gonna right. get shot. 
Oh wait, right. no, that's, that's just like, the, that's just I the thought, nerd guy. Oh okay, because I thought that was like Nils or someone to come out and give a speech. No, no, no. I, I that's what I thought too. I thought he was gonna like cap somebody in the back of the head, but no, 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 no. Okay, I'm glad you because I saw that. And I went, that's weird. Why is that there? No, that was just terrible blocking. It was just awful blocking. That oh my god. I mean, so. Here, here, did you actually find the movie to be remotely suspenseful? Because you know what this felt like? It felt like kind of... It looked like The Shining with the dinosaur, the way it was shot. <laughs> the Shining with the dinosaur? Yeah, because like, mean, the, the hallways are all claustrophobic, and it's, he's trying to like break through windows and doors. You know what? I wasn't looking at it like that, but when you put it through that filter, yeah, I guess it kind of does look a little bit like The Shining, but with a dinosaur. And it doesn't um, work. Minus, yeah, it doesn't work, but minus the suspense. I, I, I right. was... I didn't find any real suspense, um, mainly because just they, they cranked up that science fiction mumbo-jumbo to the max, and something about that, and just the setting, I can't quite describe what it was, but I think it was just a mixture of all that that kind of just brought me out of the suspenseful feeling, and I go, oh yeah, we gonna, we're going to get a third film, so Chris Pratt, the kid, and I forget the woman's name, uh, those three characters, they're going to come back in the next film. Yeah, so for me, Howard, yeah, yeah that Claire, yeah, the the suspense is gone. Um, but that's the thing; people don't give Spielberg enough credit for how good and how suspenseful the very first movie was, because that's what Jurassic Park was. It was a suspense thriller. Yeah, it was an action suspense thriller. Now it's just an action movie that's doofy. So you don't you don't believe the movie anymore. It's not it's not like oh shit something's gonna happen. Like it just you, you know no one of consequence gets killed in this movie. Like the goofy beta kid survives uh spunky latina survives chris pratt's fine bryce dallas howard's fine like no one of consequence if they were often characters as the movie progressed like if franklin uh, uh justin's justice smith's character the, the 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 nerd the it guy let's say the baryonyx killed him or something in, oh at the, the beginning island. of the movie yeah. I, uh, yeah. See, which is funny. I was cracking a joke in my head when I was watching that, and he started screaming. I, I wanted her to say something. Uh, Claire's character to, or Claire to say something along the lines of like, "Don't worry, our plot armor will keep us safe." <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. But like, you know, see what I'm saying? If like they slowly offed some of the the team, the good guy team throughout the course of the film, then I'd start kind of believing it. Like, mm-hmm. I understand Chris Pratt and, and Bryce are not going to get killed, but, like, maybe the little girl gets offed. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe if you included Jeff Goldblum or something like that, it'd be be more suspenseful. All right, well, let, let's say Jeff Goldblum was in the movie a little bit more. Yeah. Would that have made the movie better? More Jeff Goldblum always makes movies better. <laughs> what if what if he fought one of the dinosaurs by hand? Like Kung Fu style? Yeah, Kung Fu style. He's been I, training for the past 20 years. <laughs> to fight dinosaurs because he knew this day would come? <laughs> uh, yes, but he has to do it with a katana. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he needs—a katana and a, a like a broad like like he has to like dress like Zelda and fight the dinosaur. Wait, like Zelda? <laughs> like Zelda, or not Zelda? But you like, mean Link? Link, Link. Yeah, is <laughs> a dress like Link and fight the dinosaur. I just like so. Here's another thing that gets me: is the whole sequence with the Indoraptor in the kind of museum section. Were you buying any of that? Wait, when they were oh when they were in the museum area? Uh, I don't I don't really know. I'm no. not gonna say I checked out at that point but I, it kind of it foreshadowed itself way too quickly like yeah we know you're gonna get spotted we know i but then again maybe that's just i've seen too many movies right so that's the thing is the formulaic aspect it's like okay we've seen all this and the problem is none of you do it better than spielberg because when you saw that first one you're like yo like that first t-rex scene when he attacks the car in the first movie is super suspenseful the scene with the velociraptors in the kitchen is like an iconic cinema moment yeah there is nothing to write home about about the following four movies. It's just it sad. It's sad. It just, it just isn't. It's not. But for me, that, that leads me to want to ask, is it the directors? Is it the writing? What is it? Is it the it's studio? Both. It's both. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I would say it, what made the first Jurassic World fun is the people eating. Like that, that assistant that got picked up by the pterosaur and then dropped and then pecked and then picked up again. And then the mosasaur ate both of them. That was oh, fun. yeah. That was that actually was, sweet. That was <laughs> sweet. Or the fat dude that the, uh, you know, Indominus Rex eats or the fact that Indominus where he like, kills an entire security team. But that's cool. Like, that's just fun. This one had nothing. And, like, I the mean, way they off the bad guy at the very end, it's just kind of that... The 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 the, the, ter- the T-Rex that has the best sound control of any monster ever. Like, oh, the, yeah. Like, at first, the, the T-Rex, like, stomps and, like, the water shakes and all this other stuff. But now it, he sneaks up on... 
everybody. You notice that? Yeah. T-Rex just shows up. The T-Rex, and I remember the original film, is it's the buildup, right? It's, I think it's also part of uh, the audience never really actually getting to see a dinosaur on camera that looked that good that realistic i think that had a lot to do with uh, with the love of the first one and how they really built that moment like you are going to see a dinosaur a freaking dinosaur i think that has a lot to do with it as well um and carefully crafting those moments um i don't know i, I really wish i could I, I could explain why that isn't as interesting in this film or actually the lack of that well no i think i just answered it myself it's the lack of the build-up for the dinosaur particularly from the t-rex probably now is because we're getting silly dinosaurs so it's like, <laughs> what's the next goofy dinosaur that we get because it's like and then it doesn't matter because the t-rex will probably eat it oh my god i love that this t-rex was like booping like other dinos with his head just smacking them around oh that was, that was pretty yeah like when the t-rex like kills mills at the at the end just out of nowhere again it's like he's got perfect sound control he just sneaks up bites him the other dinosaur they rip at each other in half and then he like headbutts the other one like <laughs> get away i'm a t-rex <laughs> i will end you son like didn't you die at the beginning of the film i bit you bro you gotta learn to stay down all right so overall you're gonna go watch this movie two more times in theaters i am gonna wait for it to come to the base for free and see it one more time three more times in theaters one more time i will but i will not pay for it i am not all right on on the top good question on the top Topic of paying for it it obviously did not do as well as the first film because the first film just did like historic numbers but we are recording this late sunday night so we have the estimates right now that fallen kingman has made an estimate 150 million dollars this is only the second time ever two different films had brought in over 100 million dollars in two consecutive weekends the first time since 2007 was when pirates of the caribbean at world's end opened with 114 and shrek followed with an opening of 120 21 million the prior weekend this week this year we have disney's pixar's incredibles 2 which did like 180 million last weekend and jurassic world doing 150 and if you're looking at the chart uh incredibles had a 57 percent or 55.7 percent drop but still made 180 million this is a big 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 number so jurassic world making 150 the budget is projected at about 170 million and it's pretty impressive that jurassic world made as much as it did with incredibles 2 out still that's that's big competition so yeah we're getting a third one you still might get your you still might get your dinosaur human hybrids i really want them i want them just give me that that, and I'll be. I, and I think the sixth film would be my favorite Jurassic Park. I <laughs> uh, see. With an estimate 150 million Jurassic, this is coming from Box Office Mojo. Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom's opening is down 28 percent compared to the 100, uh, 208.8 million of its 2015 predecessor, which is kind of what we expect for a sequel. Actually, now that I think about it, if I'm, I might be jump, I'm saying this off the top of my head. Last Jedi had the same dip from Force Awakens. It's just kind of that sequel dip. It's like, oh, okay. Because again, the nostalgia factor is now gone. Mm-hmm. It's now we did this. I still, I still maintain that movies like Force Awakens, it, Jurassic World. There's that heavy nostalgia factor that plays into. I bet you it gives it an extra fifty million dollars. And once it's gone, it's like, who cares? Yep. My Incredibles two might be the same way because that was really popular. Uh, well, have you seen Incredibles two yet? No, have you? I, I'm not the biggest Pixar fan. I never saw the first. Well, the first one's actually a fun film. Uh, I definitely advise going to watch it. Um, but I, I, I want to see the second one um, because this 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 one is really modern. Um, the whole story, or at least in the trailer, is superheroes are back. Let's give Elastigirl the headline, right? It's no longer Mr. Incredible. Let's give it Elastigirl. She's now the super powerful hero to represent the world, right? Or something like that. Right. I was like, all right, let's see that. Let's see how that plays out. And I think the ending of the movie is going to be like, well, yeah, but we need everybody to make, you know, everybody can be a hero or whatever. I'm sure it is. I mean, like the last Pixar film I saw was The Good Dinosaur. And that was Pixar's one and true only flop. I can't remember if there was something in between this and The Good Dinosaur. Was there? I don't remember. What was it? The last, the last Pixar movie I saw in theaters was the one that had the 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 magic bunny before before the movie started. Whatever movie that was, that's the one I saw. 
Oh, that was before. That was in front of Wally. Presto? Yeah, Presto. That was the last thing I saw. That's in front of Wally, bro. That's the last one I saw in theaters. Oh, no, no. The one was like black and white. The paper. Yeah, it would look like hand-drawn animation, but it wasn't. It was like. Oh, I don't know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's a, that, that was the last one I saw in theaters. So whatever movie that was, as you can tell, I'm not that big yeah, of a bro. Pixar fan. I, yeah, Pixar doesn't push the buttons for me the way I buzz for a bunch of other people. Mm. It just it just it doesn't just it doesn't do it for me. But look, but getting back to Jurassic World, um, what's interesting is that um, it is impressive. But look at this; it had a solid start, especially when coupled with a A minus Cinescore, just a step down from the last film's A. So it seems like audiences. I was that was the thing I was worried about is that there was going to be bad word of mouth for this film because it was dumb. But if audiences are walking away satisfied, who knows how well this one's going to do good enough for two more good well, at least one more i mean like when you walked out of it we were all it, I, it was hard for me to gauge the audience we saw the we saw it with a fairly large audience on friday night yep so i mean just gauging by that audience what they, they kind of enjoyed it but they, i thought they were very tepid that was the thing that i noticed they were really really tepid mm. did you not notice that did you not sense that no no i i no, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't sense that at all. Okay. I, I I felt I felt the room laughing when the jokes were hitting. I felt. I felt a lot of jokes. That's the thing that kills me. There was like one joke. Like, hey, in case I don't come back, just remember, you know, you did this. Yeah, and then when he throws like the little piece of meat at the at Blue's face and it slaps her. Yeah. Everyone laughed at that. Did they? Boy, okay. Boy, golly, that was sure was funny. <laughs> yeah. In a kind of not at all funny way. Yep. Well, here's the other thing that's going for Jurassic World. Just before we wrap this up, is next week nothing is coming out nothing big is coming out it's sicario 2 and uncle drew maybe uncle drew will do okay but i think uncle drew i mean someone's gonna hate me for saying this but i think uncle drew is gonna be like a niche audience what do you think i don't know i it looks really i i kind of think it's funny with like basketball players dressing up as old dudes and and scorching young guys i I just i get a kick out of those (laughs) viral videos but I don't know if this one's going to have what it could. I mean, here's the thing. We were just talking about how comedies are having a hard time. This might bring it around. Maybe. Like I said, one might surprise us. It could be Uncle Drew. I don't know. But I'll say this much about Sicario. I am effing pumped for Sicario. I never finished the first one. I never had first the opportunity one is to. Legit, dude, you gotta see it. I got to the point on the br- on the not the bridge, the uh, the border. That was tight, dude. Was it that get, was, when they get through the border, or yeah, when, when they get right through the border the, yeah. and the shootout? It's doo, 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 doo. I was like, ooh, ooh. Or then like my baby cousin came in and he was like, oh, let's play board games. I was like, all right, all right, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> dude, bro, you gotta you gotta see the first one. It's super super legit. It's probably been my favorite movie for the last three years. And I was not super excited about this one because I was like, why? Why? Who wanted to make another one? It did okay, but enough to make a, tra- a sequel? Like, do you know what era we live in? We don't make sequels of little movies, but <laughs> we, we did this time. And I was like, all right, I'll see it. I'll check out Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro going to war with fucking cartel guys. Great. Let's do this. Who's the name of the girl in the that they're trying to keep safe? Isn't was she from Transformers? The first movie? Yeah, she was from Transformers. The last night. That's her. Yeah, she played. Yeah. What are you talking about? Are we back to Jurassic World? No, we're uh, we're on Sicario. We're still on Sicario. The girl, the girl that the girl that uh, uh, the Toro is trying to keep safe. I just wanted to make sure she was the same girl from Transformers, because she was actually like the best part of the transform the Transformers the Last Night movie, like the fifth movie. She was the best part. She's like the best actress in that movie, even though she had the worst dialogue. What do you mean the girl? What are you talking about? The little girl in the trailer for Sicario Two. Oh, for Sicario Two, not the first, not the first one, because there's no little girl in the first one, right? You know that. Well, I just said I haven't finished the movie. I mean, there's there no, could there's no little there could girl be a little Sicario. girl that shows up halfway through the movie and gets gunned down. No, there's down. not. I'm telling you right now that's not happening well that's a spoiler and i didn't want to hear that i think you're like wrong (laughs) (laughs) i think you're confused by which movies you're talking about oh probably there's no little girl in the first one and it doesn't look like there's a little girl in the second one yeah he's trying to keep her safe i just looked it up she's right there is isabel moner there you go from sicario one sicario two i'm talking about sicario two okay wait i gotta now i gotta look up the plot of this because now it's like yeah uh drug war with mexican borders scheduled with cartels traffic terrorists to fight the war the federal is much real i don't know if uh, the okay maybe i'll be like destroyed if i uh, guess you're obviously she's in the last night i'll be destroyed if the whole plot is protecting a little girl god damn it we did this already with freaking Man on Fire. Now this is Man on Fire 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> we don't need that. All right. 
but we got it, baby. I got, we got to bring this train wreck to an end before I scream. All right. Uh, so Jurassic World, go see it. It's goofy. Have very low expectations. Yeah, honestly, go in with a drink or two. I think you'll <laughs> love it. Yeah, probably, probably. All right. So what have you been into? What's the big thing in the last week you want to share? Big you thing? In, uh, can I promote the theater I'm working at right now? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sweet. Well, I uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Joseph, the dude, myself, uh, we're magicians. I, have you ever talked about that on the show? We don't. I, it's funny. We don't talk about it. Every once in a while, I'll say that I did a show and I never explain what I did. Okay. Well, sweet. So I'm a magician. Joseph's a magician. Uh, or do you go by the dude here? Either was fine. Either. Okay. We're magicians. Um, I have a regular gig down at a place in San Diego on 4th Street called Illusions Theater. Uh, if you guys want to come on down, it's a great time. Uh, it reserve your seats in advance. It's it's a beautiful time. You get an escape room. You got uh, you get a uh, you get your salad. Magicians come up to your table. You get your dinner. While you're eating dinner, you have a violinist playing on stage, and then you get your dessert, and then you get a uh, a stage magic show, a parlor act for about 40 minutes. It's a grand, great old time. Bring a date. Uh, I performed there. Yeah, bring money. Is uh, <laughs> <laughs> bring money. Uh, I performed there on a regular basis, and every every so often, Joseph actually performs there as well. So come on I'm down. In the, I'm in the bullpen. <laughs> I'm yeah, in the bullpen. You'll you'll love it. I honestly. It's so. a good time. Oh, yeah. The only other big thing we did this week is actually we just wrapped up an epic game of Command & Colors Napoleonics. Mm. That was crazy. We've talked about it on the podcast a couple times when I first came on. We talked about like the perfect war game. I've always said this one's probably the closest thing you can get. And we had a couple. We played it three on three, the Battle of Austerlitz. And uh, we had a really good time. Let me tell you something. I was really nervous going into it because I didn't know if our gaming group was going to be okay with it. <laughs> they're more like, you know, these. they really seem to like those negotiation co-op or what is it point scoring games yeah point games and, and they don't seem to really be in the war game of like beat the snot out of your opponent <laughs> they just don't but they were really into this one i, I they were I think, really I think... into it until homeboy on your side we, you lost and homeboy on your side just turned red <laughs> it was, was mad angry. bro he was so mad he lost. This game's not balanced. It's the Battle of Austerlitz, dude. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I picture every time you say it's the Battle of Austerlitz, someone in the audience goes, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain I'm certain everyone listening is going, I'm going to Google this. And then they don't. <laughs> and then they absolutely do not. But that's basically it on mine. I got the new issue of Heaven Metal in the mail. I'm going to about read that. All right. It's got, it's got, the second, it's got the second part of The Savage Sword of Jesus Christ, written by Grant Morris. Ooh. It looks so bananas. It looks so, so bananas. I don't have the first issue, but I got I to gotta check it out. But yes. Oh, you know what? Something else I did. Jesus. I ended up picking up uh, Jurassic Park Danger, the board game. There you go. That's what oh, it is. Oh, no. You did? Yeah. It was like Dang. 20 bucks. I read through the rules. Looks really, really good. Oh, I thought you were about to say it was going to be like so awful it's good. No, it lo- like I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it looks really good. And it playtime is like 25 to 30 minutes. Oh, I love those short games. So, yeah, it's like a short, quick family game. And I, I was reading all the early reviews. Everyone's like, yo great game like family game night kind of thing or you can make it as strategic as you want and you guys go hard so i'm excited to hit the, to bring this one to the table yeah i we we got to get more we just got to get more games to the table i got to get rid of some of these I oh got, yeah I, I got like five i got to offload and then i want to get vengeance <gasps> it will happen it will happen all right folks if you like what we do like us on facebook follow us on twitter we are on stitcher soundcloud itunes and youtube i don't think am i missing anything else that should be all the big ones so once again for everyone here at therefore i geek i'm the dude and i'm baruch and you have been listening to the therefore i geek podcast peace